Something really important to me lately has been about finding your bliss. I uh, spoke about this on a podcast that I'm starting, which I will tell you more about as we launch it. It's called the Unearth Yourself podcast. And I went into detail about finding your bliss, finding something that you do in life that lets go of all the stress in the world and rehabilitates you into a better state, a better frame of mind. And this is something that I've been able to do with my life and I do a handful of different things, but some of the things that I do may not relate to you. Um, And so what I've done now is I wrote an article going into detail on some of these ideas or questions to ask yourself to find out what it is you can do, what activity you can do to find your bliss. So let's start by uh, going through that subtitle for a second. And I did write an article about this. And if you're watching the replay on Facebook, you can also uh, check out the article in the comments below and read it yourself. But I will be reading from the article and referencing referencing from it. Uh, So the subtitle is Breaking the Matrix by Experiencing Empowering and Rehabilitative Activities. Uh, This is really, really crucial. So I wrote in the first uh, paragraph here that the matrix itself exists in the constructs of modern societies. The modern society, (laughs) Um, the clothes you wear, the shows that we watch, the entertainment we enjoy, the political structure that governs us, the sexual content you consume. It's a whole nother topic right there. The fear that you experience, the toxicity we encounter, and the box of reality, both physical and metaphysical, that we exist in. Now, obviously, I can go et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because there are so many other elements to the matrix. And of course, what am I saying when I say the matrix? It's obvious that since the podcast has started, I always refer back to this concept of the matrix. It sounds far-fetched and uh, sort of like um, uh, overarching theme, However, it does nail down a handful of different uh, methods of control, I guess you could say, that uh, very, very significant, very, very important people have over us, as well as not just people in power, um, but just structures of power uh, and those kinds of things that essentially we give our energy to. And so those are the things I listed uh, here. And so these things make up the framework of the matrix, as I listed there. Some of them affect others more or less. Uh, So maybe um, you don't really uh, watch a bunch of Netflix shows. You know, maybe you're not somebody who's dialed in on every TV show or whatever have you. And that may not be you. So you're not really affected by the matrix in that sense. However, there are other people who are super dialed into every TV show and they watch every episode and they're sort of glued on that stuff. Um, and so that's essentially makes up the, the, the framework of even your mind, what you think about all day, the emotions that you feel, everything that your existence essentially is um, o- coinciding with these sort of uh, entertainment things, uh, these things that um, these methods of essentially controlling your emotions and things of that nature. So uh, these attributes, uh, they rob us of much needed focus determination, and ambition to create a better world for us personally and collectively. 
Um, I wrote this down because it's very clear that some of these attributes that I just listed, whether it's, again, like the toxicity, the entertainment, the political structure, all of these different things, they do take away energy. They take away that focus, the determination, the ambition, the drive that we should be having towards um, exciting ventures, towards creating a better world for us personally and collectively. That, that concept really brings about the awareness that not only do we have the power to control our reality, to create our reality, but there are forces that wanna deviate you from that power and we have to claim that power back. This describes how our personal lives experience the matrix. Contrary to the macro experience we often discuss on the podcast and on my social media, what do I mean by macro experience? Well, the matrix in the macro is these political, societal, uh, all elements of control that we sort of exist inside of, that box, that existence. And so macro thinking is, oh, we've got to attack these different structures, or at least we have to readdress them. We have to revisit them. We have to ask questions about the structural integrity of various systems that govern our lives, that control our lives. And that's macro. We have to think about these things, but that takes collective power. That takes inspiration and drive on a collective mass basis. So that way we can make collective changes. And so what I'm getting into today is more of a personal matrix, like things that we're inhibiting uh, our growth personally and how we can fight against it, how we can embrace a new paradigm in that realm. And so uh, we have to find the balance in our lives to be sure we aren't just plugged into the matrix, even if we feel as if we are plugged in only to fight against it. So what do I mean by this? In the movie The Matrix, Neo and Morpheus and the team end up plugging themselves back in to the Matrix, into the, the false reality, the false world, to essentially accomplish missions and to fight against the Matrix. So you actually have to go back into the Matrix in order to fight against it, right? And so we, on a, a daily basis, go back into that matrix and we think, oh, we're going back into it because we're going to expose it and we're going to tell everybody about it or we're going to help other people create a better life for themselves and, and all these things. We're breaking the matrix, right? But in some ways, we have to get back into it in order to explain it to somebody, in order to help others that are still in there, right? And, and Neo, what he does is he helps break other people free, right? It's that, you know, the mirror distortion image that they see, yada, yada, right? And so that's kind of what we do on a daily basis. However, that is not always the most productive and the most profound thing that we should be doing with our time and our energy. We are still in the matrix even when we're breaking people free from it, even when we're exposing it, even when we're talking about it. So it's your daily political shows that you're listening to or watching. It's your daily podcasts that you're listening to or watching and consuming content, like your content that you're consuming right now. Essentially, you're going to something to consume that content. And what I'm asking you to do is find those activities that will end up blissing you out, that will truly unplug from the matrix because there's breaking the matrix, which is taking these paradigms and exposing them for what they are, taking these systems of control, showing them, revealing them to others, and then helping them break free, right? But 
escaping the matrix or unplugging is uh, deals with nature deals with getting away from the matrix entirely getting out of the system and refreshing and resetting the brain and the the body and therefore you are able to go back in the matrix in a way that is um, more effective more productive and more beneficial to other people who are still stuck in that matrix now that's kind of what I meant when I was explaining that. There's a time and a place for that, uh, but what's most important is that you find yourself a personal way to bliss out, okay? Whatever that looks like for you, just by reading that last sentence, or as if you're listening to the podcast or show now, you're, you're hearing me say it, right? So just by saying that you need to find a personal way to bliss out, you probably already know your go-to bliss out activity. However, I will clarify why it's so important and provide suggestions for those who don't put an emphasis on it already. So that's the whole point of this article here and really the podcast because I'm going to get into a lot of things that I don't even necessarily get into uh, on, a, on a personal basis. There's so much that I can talk about here. So <clears throat> the power of the matrix is only possible through its various vectors of control. This control is the leverage it has over your life. Learning about the various vectors of control does help you break free from it because you can effectively form a new frameworks that promote health, wealth, and well-being. Matrix building. So that's another thing is that we're going to talk about here is matrix building. Contrary to matrix breaking, matrix breaking is escaping, getting out, um, showing your, your path outward out of the matrix um, to not necessarily believe in the lies and, and, and all that things, exposing it, revealing it. Building the new matrix essentially is creating new paradigms, new systems that you benefit from, that you can go and uh, garner strength from to go back out in there in society or even back into the matrix to fight against it, to, again, break other people free. Because uh, what I deal with here and what we talk about on this podcast a lot and in the shows and in the various articles that I write is how to break free and then how to help others break free. It's a leadership thing. It's, it's, a, um, it's a legacy thing. You want to help other people break free and then those people help other people. And this is how we essentially defeat the Matrix, just like the movie, uh, but uh, you know, less less technocratic and um, less technology. But in some ways, there is a technocracy, so that we're fighting against that too. But you know, just less fiction and and more reality and practical, obviously. So, both of these experiences, you know, they require uh, your energy. Your energy is something you must place above all else in life, because without it, you are not capable of creating the reality you prefer to experience. So, uh, why do I mention that? Because your energy is really what we're talking about here. So when you're out there and you're, you're, you're producing, you're, um, creating and whatever that is you do, whether you're a realtor and you sell houses or whether you're working, you're building roofs or you're in construction, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, your work, uh, that is important. You're producing, you're creating, you're a part of the in, the integral system that benefits society, hopefully, right? And to some people, if you're in a line of work that you feel like doesn't serve you, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. And so really, what I'm seeing here is that uh, this is our ability to uh, maintain, preserve, and even generate 
our own energy. And in order to do that, we do have to find some level of recovery and some level of rehabilitation. So imagine being a completely regenerative being who maximizes effort by strategically implementing recovery and rehabilitation methods in practice. Notice how I said in practice because some people will start something and they don't stick with it. You have to find something that's rehabilitating, an activity that's rehabilitating for you, that helps you recover, that blisses you out. You need to add it into your practice, add it into your routine, your daily routine on a micro scale and your weekly routine on a macro scale. What does that really look like? A micro scale daily is something that you do in between work, at work, uh, and something that you can do at home every night, a morning routine, the nightly routine. Those are the micro implementation strategies to get you to bliss out on a daily, daily schedule. On a weekly schedule, you have to add a day or half day in your week where you are genuinely doing an activity that blisses you out. And later in the podcast, we're going to get into exactly what activities those might be. So there's much more on this subject. This is important because I want to clarify this. There is much more on this subject that I'm going, that I'm not going to divulge into in this one article, in this one podcast, but rather I'll create a theme throughout my future writings and podcasts with. These involve studies in neurology, kinesiology, psychology, physiology, sociology, and spirituality. I could go on and on, by the way. There's so many different sciences and social orders that help us to bliss out, help us be more productive, help the mind clear, help the mind be present, all the different things that we're going to talk about today. So to find your bliss, I went ahead and explained these three different questions, or I I do present these different questions to ask yourself, okay? And the first question to find your bliss is, what activity makes me feel excited and happy? First question, we'll get into that. Second question, what activity brings me a sense of bliss? And the third question is what activity brings me a sense of presence and awareness? Very important. The answers to these questions, if you kind of do a whole diagram, basically, find something that that fits all three, um, but also you can consider the answers to these questions being all three um, in different ways um, so that you can kind of revisit this and do all these activities that bring about these different sensations that I just listed here. So in the article I write uh, about the activity that makes you feel excited and joyful, very important. Uh, I used to watch this spiritual teacher by the name of Bashar on YouTube. Just to give you an idea of Bashar, I mean, this is a little out there, but if you've ever heard of people channeling beings, whether it's like angels or some other being or alien-like being. This is crazy, a little out there, but I used to be into this stuff when I was a teenager. Channeling, essentially, by bringing some other kind of messenger through you and as a vector to deliver a message, that was Bashar, okay? 
the guy's name was Daryl Inca or something like that. It was it was an actual that was his name. But then this entity that he was channeling was named Bashar. I know that's way out there for most of you to understand or for you to even try to comprehend. And that's totally fine with me. But I, I used to be into this stuff. And and there were some cool things that, that Bashar would say as a spiritual teacher. But one of the things that I remember is people would come up and ask him questions about life and questions about something that they're dealing with, questions about a struggle. Questions about all these things. And most of his answers started with follow your highest excitement. That was something that that was a theme throughout all of his answers, all of his advice, all the life advice that he would provide, this, this spiritual teacher. And that stuck with me. Follow your highest excitement. It stuck with me because of its simplicity and of how easy that method was to do. Excitement uh, is a great choice of words. You could even say it's a childlike state. And in the article, I actually placed a picture of a child, an excited child. And you know what's funny? When I Googled excitement, what came up was children, bunch of children happy. And I'm like, that's sad to me. When you really think about it, because it shows that adults have just lost this level of excitement in life. They've lost that connection with themselves, that that desire, that sort of that that bleak look of just like anticipation. And most of us, we experience that watching shows or at sporting events when you're excited because you're like, oh, my gosh, my team versus this team. And, you know, you're anticipating and. Those are, you can see exciting people in a sports stadium. How many of us though are excited about life? Excited about an activity that we could do that genuinely brings us that excitement? That's why I started with that question is what brings you excitement and happiness? Genuine question. What activity does that for you? If you don't know, you need to start searching that out. Excitement is a state of visible happiness, almost in anticipation of something phenomenal. The phrase, follow your highest excitement, is really stating that you should have a keen sense of embracing the future and having a positive outlook for things you could do. So, just think of something you could do that gives you an instant feeling of excitement and joy. This could also but doesn't always have to bring about a sense of accomplishment. But the beauty is that when you are blissing out, you don't need to be attached to any expectations. Very important difference here. You may feel that you are excited to play a sport. And let's say that sport is volleyball. You play the sport, but then you've got all these attachments to winning the game of volleyball. This is my problem. I love volleyball and I love winning. So it's like, I'll be there and I'll, I love to play, but I don't like to lose. This is the difference between blissing out. When you're blissing out, yes, I'm excited. Yes, I'm happy to be there. But when I lose, I get all upset. And that's not the point of the game. The game is, hey, let's, let's have fun. Let's enjoy the moment. And I believe that also, of course, there is a time and place for friendly, competition so that you can apply yourself and have a sense of achievement. 
but you don't need to have that sense of achievement in this activity, whatever activity that is for you. So I did give some examples here, one of them being sports. Why sports uh, is exciting and fun is, of course, watching sports is exciting and fun. I don't really mean that. I mean, I mean to bring you into that activity. So watching sports does not count in this scenario. Playing sports counts. And that really, I know there's a lot of people that don't feel like they're athletic or whatever. That's fine. This may not be for you. You know, you may want to do something more present like drawing, painting, artistic, creative, uh, interior design, doing something different in your house, uh, doing something just totally purely out of nothing, um, woodworking, creating something new. That may bring you excitement, right? So sports was a good uh, thing here. Find your sport, find that activity for you. Um, working out. So a lot of people are into working out as a sense of just you know, accomplishment, but also working out does provide a state of bliss, a state of excitement. Um, uh, some of you that are working out obviously are challenging yourself. So you can't really get excited about it. Um, you don't feel as blissed out. You're obviously like training. So it's kind of um, exhausting. So th- this may not be super, but this is somebody who's not into sports that they're not an athlete necessarily. But um, they, they, they enjoy working out. Like, I don't know, there's, there's people out there that are like this. I'm just kind of throwing that example in there for excitement. Some people are excited to work out. I'm excited to work out because I know that it provides me with energy, provides me with clarity, and it, it, it gives me a, a sense of, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So that's just me personally. Now, another thing I said was games. Um, not video games. Video games don't count. This is the opposite. A lot of what I'm saying here, blissing out, totally organically, naturally, unplugging from the matrix essentially, deals a lot with nature, deals a lot with you not being plugged into technology, not being around or, or sedentary really. Uh, there are activities you can do that are more you know chill like games. So if that means card games, um, board games, things like that, gaming just with friends, things like that that really give you that, uh, that presence which we're gonna get to uh, but that excitement and giddiness of like, oh, I'm playing a game and you get to be your inner child. You get to genuinely release, genuinely feel a connection to the present moment. And that is the kind of game that I would recommend for you to do if that brings you excitement, right? That, that requires you to bliss out, finding your bliss. The other thing is hiking. Um, hiking for a lot of people uh, some of you don't live around nature that's beautiful and stuff and I get that so sometimes even walking around in your neighborhood or walking just somewhere by by any kind of nature I mean I hope you're by some kind of nature even if that means you're in the city but you can walk to a public park or something walking and hiking are very important they're very chill they can help clear your mind I would recommend not bringing your phone or at least just not being on the phone putting it on do not disturb or you know things like that to where your hiking or uh, your walking experience is very uh, relaxing and chill and allows you to connect. Now again, hiking can bring a lot of excitement because there are new things to see or of course things you can re-see. Uh, like there are certain hikes that people continue to do. Oh, I love this one hike. I love how I feel. Um, it's just the right workout for me. Things like that. Whatever brings you excitement, that's the thing you should do. And that's why I gave you all these different activities to consider. Biking is also extremely exciting to some people. Uh, whether it's road biking or mountain biking, whatever kind of biking you're into, that brings you excitement. I also want to kind of go into saying not just biking, but surfing, um, snowboarding, 
you know, uh, things that you can do that are exciting, genuine, enthusiastic uh, activities. So any of those things uh, that's kind of in the sports genre, but it's kind of over here, it's not over there. Um, and so biking is really important and, and doing those kinds of things, even if it's motocross or if it's four wheeling or if it's snowmobiling, I mean, those are kind of luxury level things, but those are really, really exciting. There's a thrill involved in those kinds of activities. And that's kind of what I mean when I'm taking bliss out, uh, because those activities will allow you to let go, release and unplug completely. So the other question here that we're going to get into detail with is what activity brings you a sense of bliss. Uh, very, very important aspect here that I'm talking about. The sense of bliss, let's let's talk about it. Bliss is defined as complete happiness. Notice the word complete. In a, my view, this is indicative of letting go of other feelings that aren't happiness. In a blissful state, there is no room for stress, anxiousness, or fear. Bliss is a complete feeling of happiness. That's what it says in the Webster Dictionary, okay? Complete happiness. And so I, I want to reference this here to clarify. You're not feeling any other feelings. I mean, you're just genuinely, I am so happy to be here. You know, I mean, when was the last time you really said something like that? I'm just genuinely happy. I'm, I'm happy I showed up. I'm happy to be here. That, that kind of genuine feeling of like, this makes me happy. What is that activity? What is that activity? Because those kinds of things are something that you need to implement in your daily and your weekly schedules. You need to find a way to fit happiness and joy and uh, bliss inside of your daily and weekly routines. That's how important it is. When you think of feeling completely happy, what does that look like? That's the question here. What activity is that? Uh, and refrain from a feeling of accomplishment in this moment. Set aside accomplishment, because I know that bliss looks like, oh, I'm completely happy, like I, I achieved this thing. That's, what, that's what's gonna make me feel happy, is when I achieve this level. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm putting put put achievement aside for a second. You need to start thinking of what just what can bring you happiness now. What brings you a state of bliss now? That's what you need to consider. And it's not that accomplishment isn't important, but for the sake of this exercise, you are looking to do something that doesn't require a lot of effort to create. The point here is to clear our minds of everything we are thinking. We don't take yesterday's problems into today's reality. You need to let go, dump out your mind, okay, so that you can re-establish yourself and feel better every single moment of the day. Now, I, I want to say this too. I'm going to get into these examples. One of them I will have to explain. It's called the healing codes. And so I go into yoga. These are examples. Yoga, meditation, lounging. And lounging can be like with a book, something that kind of brings you more presence. Um, lounging can also be like a very meditative state, just laying and just chilling. Uh, people enjoy that. That gives them bliss, right? And then there's observing nature. So notice how a lot of these themes, these questions, they kind of overlap each other. So for example, if you're hiking to a spot that you then hammock at, 
that's blissing out, right? Because you're, you're hiking, which is a blissful state. You're present, you're in nature, you're doing your thing. Then you're hiking to set up a hammock to then rest in and lounge. And so that's kind of why, or do a meditation, right? Or read. So these are the things you could be doing to help bliss out. The healing codes are something that I've, I've already made a whole podcast about it, so you can go back and revisit the healing codes. Uh, but essentially what the healing codes are, essentially to bliss out, for you to bliss out, uh, are these. Okay, you, you grab your hands, okay? You bring them together like so, okay? You're putting your fingers together like so. I don't wanna lose that focus on the camera there. These, your hands, okay, they are energy uh, orbs. They, they provide a channel for energy to come out of, right? When you collect your fingers like this, this right here centers all the energy and pinpoints it into this very, very concentrated position. Now, when you take the, your hand, you take both hands, same thing, almost like a sock puppet. That's what I tell people when I'm explaining this, like a sock puppet. You bring your hands together. This is gonna sound insane, by the way. If you haven't read the book, The Healing Code, this is gonna sound crazy to you. It's okay. You place your, your hands over your forehead, and they call it the third eye, right? But it's right over your forehead, but it's not touching. It's not touching, it's, it's right, right about there, and you hold it there for two minutes. And once you hold this position, you close your eyes, and you hold this position for two minutes, you then more for, move over here for two minutes, and then you do this over your throat for two minutes. That's the healing code, okay? You can do all the chakras in the body, all the energy orbs. It's, it's essentially energy work is what it is. Um, but that's, that's kind of what you do. And so, sounds insane. However, what you're doing when you do this, okay, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, right, is you're neutralizing the trauma that you feel around different aspects of your life. And this could be for anything. This could be for anything. If you read the book, you'll, you'll learn more about it. But I can briefly tell you that if you do the healing code on these various parts of the body, these various positions, and you ask for whether it's clarity on something, whether it's prosperity in, in an area that you're looking to have prosper, uh, pros, prosperity from, um, whether it's in a relationship, you're trying to heal something in, your, in a relationship, you're trying to get closer to God, trying to do something like that. These elements are very important. You, you pick and choose what you decide to do. And again, like I said, I can make a whole podcast about the healing codes, which I already did. I can remake it and keep talking about it. It's, it's helped my life a lot. But I can briefly tell you that by doing those three positions, you will be able to bring about more in your life. I'm telling you right now. You will have less stress. You'll have more abundance. Um, this is a matrix breaking thing for sure, the healing code. So just wanted to briefly tell you guys that that is something that will absolutely bliss you out as well. And I do that every single morning. 
So I have that in a morning routine. And notice that I'm saying things that maybe you can't do every day because you know you got a job, you got you got things to do, you got you got a family to raise, you've got um, a, a big business you're growing, or you, you're a very ambitious person. Uh, that's fine. But notice how there are some things you can do daily, and there are some things that you can do weekly. So consider that. Um, here's the other question: What activity brings me a sense of presence? and awareness. Presence is a word that is often thrown around, but let's bring it into this context for a moment. To be present isn't just to be physically in an activity, but to be engulfed by it. To be present is to have full spectrum awareness of the activity you are doing. Many of us spend a lot of time thinking of the past or the future. The past can bring emotions of regret or grief. And, and I'll also say the past can bring happiness and joy and excitement. Not saying that that's the past, your past is all bad and negative, right? But that can bring up things that are negative, right? While the future, so you're thinking about the future, can bring about anxiety and uncertainty because there's just uncertainty in everything in life, whether you start a project, are you gonna stick with that project? You get in a relationship with somebody, are you gonna stay in that relationship forever? Um, you end up going into something like a, a new business venture. Are you really gonna do that business your whole life? You don't really know. Are you gonna, you're gonna start a sport, you're ever gonna quit? Like We all kind of have that uncertainty. So things like that bring anxiety and uncertainty. And to be present though, is to embrace the full nature of where you are in this very moment. The activity that brings you excitement and bliss will also help you become as present as possible. In this presence, you aren't having any feelings of regret or doubt because you are using all of your mind's focus on doing that current activity. This will make your method of blissing out feel truly complete in nature. So. I want, to, I want to explain that if you are doing a task that requires all of your focus, I mean, I'm talking like if it's a Rubik's Cube and then you've got a timer to do the Rubik's Cube. I mean, these are just things you could do at, at a desk, right? And, and, and now you're under uh, pressure of time, right? Like you need to do it in a minute. I'm not, I don't even do the Rubik's Cube. I'm just making that up. But let's say you're doing the Rubik's Cube for a minute. Now you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, you're, you're using all of your mind power on this, this one Rubik's Cube, this one task that you have at hand. It's requiring all of your mind. Not only will this train you to be present in the things that you're doing, like this, this method, um, it, it will bring about this, this energy of you're not thinking about anything else. You're not thinking about something that's bothering you. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're literally in crunch time and you're thinking about the present. You're thinking about that very moment. So I'm going to revisit another example here, sports. Um, in sports, it gets sometimes competitive. Not all sports, but some sports are very competitive. And in that, you are competing against another human being, therefore requiring a lot of presence. And every moment that goes by could change the trajectory of that game. And so in your game flow, whatever you're playing, whatever you enjoy doing sports-wise, your every moment is present. Your mind is focused on this very every task at hand. That's the cool part 
about sports is that you can genuinely, you're out of your mind and you're in your body. That's the most important part. So if you're playing soccer, it's like you're running and you are thinking, obviously, you're thinking of where you're going, you're thinking of where that person's going, you're thinking a lot, I get that, you're in your head, but you're also very present about every single second that's going by. You don't care about the past because it doesn't matter anymore. That genuinely doesn't matter. You're like, in a soccer game or a basketball game, like it already happened. So it has nothing to do with the present. And you're not thinking too much about the future because you're like, okay, cool. We have to score a certain amount of points or we have to get up ahead. Or we have to, we're behind by this much. So we have to get, how are we going to plan and get that ahead? That's cool. That's also what a coach does, right? Coaching is taking you into that future thinking, right? Hey, if we do this and do this and do this, then we're going to get, the, we're going to get the W. What your job as an athlete is to be completely present in the thing that you're doing and execute perfectly. That way, you're not gonna end up losing, you end up winning. So that's kinda why sports, I think, again, even though if you're not sporty, I'm just saying, as an athlete, you do you do tend to you know, be very, very present. Uh, team activities, so I say team activities, it doesn't always have to be sports. Team activities can be building something, creating something, working with others, you know, you're very present, you know, because you have to build something, you have to create. So. I do recommend team activities, team games, things like that, or, or like group activities, right? Just generally. Um, adrenaline activities. So this is like, yeah, you want, you want excitement and you want to be present, uh, you go rock climbing, right? Like rock climbing is like if you are, you're putting yourself in danger, now you're hyper aware and you're turning on this hypersensitivity where it's almost like um, if you ever edit a video, you can almost like stretch it out to be like every single millisecond, you know, you can see in the video editing software. That's kind of what happens when you're rock climbing. Like when you're grabbing onto the next thing, and I don't rock climb regularly, but I have in the past. But it's like you're literally thinking of every minute, every second, because you're you're already losing strength. Every your grip strength and you're you're already losing strength. Everything you grab, everything you do. So it's it is essentially like the clock is against you. And so then you're climbing to climb. It's just a whole new mindset. It, it clicks you because you have to be extremely present or else you're in danger. This is also true about snowboarding. Um, if you're snowboarding and you're off, oh, I'm thinking about something else, boom, you catch edge, you'll fly and hit the ground pretty hard. And I've, I've injured my shoulder before snowboarding just, just by not being completely present. Happens, it does happen pretty often. You just end up falling. You don't always get injured, but you end up falling over. So with snowboarding, it's like, especially at a high speed, snowboarding at a high speed requires breathing into every single thing, every single movement, every micro movement is something. And that's something I do regularly during the winter snowboard. So I know what that feeling is like and you're in there and it's very adrenaline and you realize that if you make a mistake, you're going to fall. But guess what? That's me blissed out, blissed out doing an activity that requires 100% of my mind. Okay. That's, that's important. Mountain biking, downhill mountain biking. I mean, if you are absent-minded for even a moment, you could hit something and fly over your bike. Mountain biking requires so much full-on attention. It is not for everybody. Downhill mountain biking is happening extremely fast. You're braking, but you can't brake too hard, you know, because you'll fly over. And you, you're kind of like braking at like a very, you know, controlled sort of periodic pace. And then you're turning and you're, you're, you're just, every little micro movement is like every second is just fast pace. So again, 
that that may not be for you, right? Adrenaline running things may not be for you. But I will tell you that this is bringing a lot of presence and awareness. And of course, meditation and th- of course you get present when you do something like that. But that's more like in the blissed out category. Um, and, and I know that this is essentially being blissed out. This sounds a little bit like, oh my gosh, that sounds intense. I would never want a mountain bike because that's not blissed out. Like I get you, I get it. But however, there are people out there like myself who require a little bit of intensity to bliss out actually to let go of all thoughts because my mind races all the time. My mind is like too fast, too intense. So it helps me a lot to be able to just like go down the mountain bike, you know, and just, Hey, this is the activity I'm doing. I'm extremely present. I'm out of mind. I'm in my body and I'm just focused, right? That's the kind of thing that helps me a lot. I also think in general balancing, um, I'm not into this as much. I do like doing yoga, but like balancing in general. So like if you want to bring ground yourself, just try to stand on one foot and then try to stand on one foot and then lean over. Then try to get on your hands and, you know, just do a handstand, you know, do things that kind of bring that, that are balancing that way. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, you have to like, you're very present with every micro movement. So if you do a handstand, you're having to stand there. You're having to like be extremely present again. It's, it doesn't sound very blissful to do a handstand to some people. I get it, but it does to some, it does to some because they're on their hand that they love it already. And now it's like, Oh wow, I could just do that. Like, yeah, if you want to take a break from whatever you're doing right now and you want to do into a, go into a balance pose and just, you know, wiggle it out, you know, balance it out, feel good about what you're doing, you know, and that, that will help out a lot as well. So I kind of wanted to give you guys some of those examples and, and share with you, some of the ideas that you can do to, to bliss out essentially, right? Now, the point of all of this is to improve your ability to show up in life. Um, we are talking about matrix breakers here, right? So I understand that a lot of you are high achievers and a lot of you have a lot of things to do and a lot of things that you want to accomplish. Well, once you find the activity that helps you bliss out, you'll be able to return to the more productive, goal-oriented, accomplishment-seeking state of being with more energy than you had before. At first glance, you may feel overwhelmed with the things you have to get done or the tasks put forward for you to achieve a goal that you couldn't possibly imagine blissing out in any way, shape, or form. This is where I would provide you the drawback theory or rubber band imagery. If a rubber band only stretches backwards a little, its momentum forward is less impactful, okay? If you're trying to shoot a rubber band and you just pull it back a little, try to shoot that and it won't do much. It'll literally just plop over. That's like the six hours of sleep that you're getting every night or the five hours. Whatever you're doing, you're not restful. You're just at, you know, oh, I'm super, you know, grind it out kind of person. Yeah, that that looks like a rubber band. What it looks like to me is it looks like you pulling back a little rubber band like this and then you shoot and you go a little bit forward. You're not actually being productive. What I'm asking you to look for is a rubber band way backwards that has a lot of momentum. So yes, you're drawing back, you're going inward, uh, you're doing something that maybe you spend a whole day mountain biking, maybe you spend a whole day doing you know, yoga or, or some kind of workout or some kind of sport, something that seems unproductive, 
to most people, unproductive, right? Or just fun. Oh, you're just having fun. Well, again, you're drawing back in order for you to fling forward with your momentum. That's the whole concept of blissing out. The blissing out is a part of being productive. Sounds counterintuitive, but it isn't. It is the productive strategy. And that's what I do personally. That's how I operate. Now, this is how life can flow for you. A constant pulling back, blissing out, to projecting forward with momentum, which is like productivity, achievement, etc. I mention this because many of those reading this article or listening to my podcast feel like we are always at war with the matrix. We feel this overwhelming determination to help others break free by providing them new ways, methods, and techniques to improve their lives, enhance their capabilities, and create a more powerful society. I get it. We're all in that state of awareness. This is my plea for you to consider more seriously the routine practice of self-care and rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. Put it in small ways into your daily schedule and large ways in your weekly schedule. I promise you that it will be impactful in a sincere and profound way. And that's how I ended the article, which is in a way how I'll probably end the podcast itself, is just to share with you guys on a brief note, look, you've got to find something that helps you bliss out and that will help you be more productive and fight the matrix. Quit listening to the political talk shows and quit tuning in to all of these different things that cause you stress and anxiety and put more fear into you. And I understand that learning can help you grow because I do that a lot too. I have my vices and I have my things that I like to read and, and learn. Like if I pull up my my computer, I've got a bunch of articles about negative information, honestly, like pretty, pretty scary stuff about the world. And that's what we cover on the podcast a lot. But I wanted to do this podcast to remind all of you that there is a, a great opportunity in finding a blissed out state and hitting that state of mind, that state of being consistently and putting it inside of your routine daily and weekly. That way it's just a constant uh, blissed out state all interwoven with your productive, high achieving state of mind. And it all comes together beautifully. It's like an orchestra there's this this like low point where it's a build and it's a build and it's a build and then it's this high point or it's you know the drop essentially where things are intense and awesome and it's everything's happening at once and that is how music flows that's how life flows that's how the seasons flow the earth literally flows like that there's this winter period where things are regressive things are you know, pe- you know bears squirrels Mammals are hibernating, you know, they're going away, they're hiding out, they're sleeping, legit sleeping for months, right? And then there's that spring, there's that awakening, there's the summer of intense activities and 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 growth and the, the plants, the tomatoes, the potatoes, the everything grows during these seasons. I mean, I'm giving you a whole earth example, but 
everything in life is this is it's regressive and then progressive. It's just it's it's a it's a flow. And a lot of people are either just totally regressed because I'm I, essentially I'm not talking about I'm not talking to you. I mean, if you're just sitting there on your couch and being a couch potato and all you do is have fun, then that's not really who I'm talking to. Obviously, I'm talking to people who are high achievers, who feel productive, who feel like they're fighting against the matrix and they want to expose the matrix and they want to do all the things. I'm talking to those people because those people tend to not take care of themselves. They need to start doing that. And so that is what I implore onto all of you. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys have a great rest of your day, night, whatever it is. Peace.